Hiya, Sean. How you doing? Good, thanks. Um, when I say how you doing, um, how are you after? How are you after your after COVID? How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, good. Mom's just extended because I couldn't test clear. Um, I had a couple of days of sort of flu feeling, and that was it. So the rest of it's just been isolating, you know, and, and waiting for the chance for your body to clear the uh, the sort of contagious side of it. And how is it affected? Um, or how has your absence affected preparations for, for, for this match that as it stands it's, it's set to go ahead yeah I mean it's, it's been it's been tough um, you know working with the staff from a distance um, you know calling into meetings and the like um, but not getting to see the players and work with them on you know close and personal has been different um, it's one of the challenges of it I think we're all going through it in varying uh, walks of life particularly in football um, and just trying to work around it the best we can prep the best we can um, as you know application's gone in we're, we're actually slightly worse off than we were against uh, or the possible game that's just been called off because Charlie Taylor's took a knock so he's getting that scan today so um, you know we're, we're, at, we're at such a stretched moment in time that it's very difficult all round Are you able Sean to give us an idea of, of what you've actually got at your disposal for this game? Well, so far to training today, there was uh, 10 um, recognised first-team players. So that's where we're at today. Uh, and and if, if, you are, if you are sort of forced to play the match, how difficult is that going to be to, to deal with? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we know, uh, well, we now know over the last few weeks how clear the, the Premier League have been with us about the, you know, the whys and wherefores and um, the level that it needs to get to. Uh, so we put the application in in good faith from the situation as it is. It's only three days on, of course, from a game that's just been called off. Um, you know, the, we'll see what comes of that. But we've, we've worked really hard to get games on um, when we've been at stretch. Um, and we've just gone too far below the threshold, you know. And, and now it's, it's just a, an improbable sort of situation. If um, there was a reason why they said that we'd have to carry on with this game, then we'd prepare properly and we'd take on the challenge as we always do. I suppose, though, Sean, on the flip side of things, if, if the match is postponed, in terms of what you've played, you're going to be you're going to be four less than your direct rivals in Norwich and Newcastle, and that will bring about its, its own problem. Yeah, it can't be helped. I mean, look, the the situation is to to bring true competitive element to a league. You know, the, that's why the rules are there. You know, you need to put out a team that they feel can be a competitive team, and when you get to a point that you don't feel you can, and the league see that you can't, then then that 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 has to be looked at. Um, and the health and welfare, which everyone talks about. I mean, you know, the, the hardest thing of all, don't forget, and, and to give you a view of the COVID situation is because everyone has to isolate, they can't train. And therefore, when they come back in, you've got two days to get them ready and then they've got to play. Um, and that's very difficult. You know, and I know the Premier League are looking at ideas on if they're well, they can come in and train in a pod or on their own to try and keep some kind of fitness level. Very difficult for these players, you know, even after that spell of, of coming out with the COVID situation. Um so, you know, we, we've got a mixture of situations and circumstances. That's led to games being off. Obviously, we had the snow game as well, which was no one's fault. Um, and then all of a sudden, you've got these games to play, but, but that's the reality. You know, we haven't got the players to fulfil the task. So, therefore, at least when then games are um, put back in, hopefully, if all goes well and, you know, the wellness of the country, not just football, improves, then hopefully we can get them games played and we'll be in a better, stronger situation to be competitive, as I spoke about. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dan, Sky Sports Digital. No, Adam Cottier, PLP. Hi, Sean. Hiya. 
Uh, Sean, how disappointed were you to see Chris Wood leave the club? Yeah, I mean, look, it wasn't a perfect scenario when you lose a, a player who's done very well for, for us and for himself as well. Um, you know, a good player, a um, bit quieter this season, but generally you look at his record for us, you look at what he's done, what he's achieved as an individual, added into the team. It's happened before. You know, we've been down this road before. No one wants it, but we've, you know, down the years, Andre Gray and Sam Vokes and Danny Ings and Charlie Austin. You know, they, these are the challenges that have often been there. And I think we've got a strong group. I think now it's that group mentality is, you know, going to be important going forwards. Um, possible view of the market as well, uh, quite obviously. So we'll see what changes. But no, he's a, he's a good player, Woody. And, and obviously he's done very well for us. Um, and we wish him well. Do you think recruitment this month is now an absolute necessity if you are to stay in the Premier League? The recruitment's still the, 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 the reality. You know, it's just what it is. It's an ongoing situation. Um, we've shown during the summer window that, that, you know, we wanted to be productive. We still got players out, bought some money in, but then still spent some. The challenge is finding the right players. You know, you, you, can, you can recruit whoever you want, but they have to be right. You know, there's no point in recruiting for the sake of it. Um, we've still got a very good group here when obviously the COVID situation, we're fully fit. Um, you know, I still believe in the players we've got here um, and players that have delivered before Chris Wood, players that have delivered after Chris Wood, they'll have to, of course, that's the challenge. Um, you know, so, so I mean, it, it has happened before when we lost key players. Um, we've had to galvanise, we've had to reform the group and the mentality and remind ourselves of the good players that we've got in the building. Are you spreading your net far and wide in the search for new players? Yeah, I think we've shown that with a different kind of viewpoint from the summer, um, with bringing Maxwell in particularly, you know, a different avenue or a more a more open-minded view of a different avenue to go down than probably the previous board and you know trying to maybe stretch our thinking and and, and apply ourselves to different ways of looking at the market I think we're still doing that um, the ongoing sort of meetings we're having the ongoing zoom meetings at times when we've needed to you know to, to try and align the next good players that we can bring in but it's an ongoing it's an ongoing situation it's not it's not a just stop, stand still and, and do, you know, look at it purely for the window. Um, it's just an ongoing challenge that we have, like most clubs. And if you do face Watford, what are your thoughts on the way they've progressed under Claudio Ranieri? And how vital is it that you win this match, given that you'll be six points adrift if you lose? Yeah, I mean, look, we've heard all these vital games before. You know, I've been in the game long enough to know that every game looks like a vital game. The fact is you want to win as many games as you can. The, the, league, the league's only interested in the end of the season. It's not interested in every game as it comes. Of course, there's important games, but everyone is. You know, we're, we're in the situation we're in. We've, got a, uh, we've been unfortunate with all these COVID games called off and some very important games for different reasons, uh, different timing of the games, et cetera, et cetera. The challenge is right there in front of us. You know, it's something that we've seen before, something that we're going to have to take on. Different lately because of the COVID situation and games being called off. But we have seen these situations before in my time at Burnley when the challenge is right in front of your eyes. Thanks, Sean. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Dan Jewell, BBC Radio Lecture. Afternoon. Beardy. Um, how hard is it, Sean, to, to see the Premier League kind of unfolding around you and you can only sit at home and watch? From your own point of view, having self-isolating, but also because you've played two Premier League games since the 12th of December. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not, it's not perfect, that's for sure. You know, you want, you want the players that you've got to be sharp. You want them to be getting regular game time um, to make sure that they're fit and well and ready. Um, you add in the injuries and the COVID and it gets difficult, but it's, it's a, an ongoing challenge, not just for us. There's varying teams have had moments of it. Uh, we've just felt had a really unfortunate spell when COVID mixed with injury has really affected us against the fact we've got a small squad anyway. Um, 
look, it's the reality of the, of the moment. You know, it, we can all question it and make reasons and wonder, but at the end of the day, it, the, the, you know, it will carry on. So we will be getting prepared for the game tomorrow unless told otherwise. We will then be prepping for the next game and just hoping that people are coming out of COVID, hoping their injuries are settling down, hoping we can find a fitness and, and a way moving forwards where these effects don't, don't knock us again. Ian Warren said that he expected you to be climbing the walls when you had to stay at home. How was it? How did you handle it? Yeah, look, it's not ideal. You know, I, I uh, you know, I went to um, my old house in Northampton and, and sort of spent time there away from the family. So that's not ideal. You know, you are literally isolating. Um, it's a reality. It's not to me. Has to do it. You know, I'm very fortunate. I've got a garden. I've got a bit of you know, like so a nice, decent sort of property where I can at least relax. It's not easy, but. There's people who are way harder off than me and way worse off than me. Um, you know, I feel for them when they're isolating. If you're in a, a flat or something, you know, you're on your own there. It's tough, you know, but lots of people on phone calls, lots of FaceTime, trying to keep my eye with the football, sport on TV, all the, all the usual stuff, you know, trying to pot around the house, do jobs and, and whatever you do. Bit of cooking, I don't mind throwing me onto a bit of cooking. So that filled a couple of hours. Um, the odd glass of red wine as well. Just with the current situation, not just within your squad, but obviously that's pertinent because we're trying to talk about a game that we don't know whether it's going to happen tomorrow or not. <laughs> How much is it about active current COVID cases and, and people having to self-isolate? And how much is it the stuff around COVID, getting players back up to speed and them having to be separate? And how much is just independently injuries? Yeah, it's, it's a mixture of all of that. Um, you know, in our case at the minute, you've got some double bubble situations where Johan's got COVID and injured. Um, you've got other COVID situations where, as you rightly said, the, the, the Premier League rule, you need two clear days of proper training before you go into a game. So obviously we've got situations where players might have one day and that's no use when they've had nine days or eight days or seven, depending on their testing, of doing nothing or very little because they're not allowed. Um and then you get the true COVID case when you're just in isolation. Uh, you know, that we've got a mixture of what's going on and it's very difficult and it stretches you to the limit, which whilst it's gone below the limit, quite obviously. Um, so variance. And then, of course, staff as well. You know, myself, head of medical, Ali Beatty, Steve Stone, we've all been down as well. So you get these mixture of circumstances where it just gets really, really tough. Do these things need to be communicated more clearly? Because we've seen a few where it's been, you know, a, a couple of positive cases has been what's been quoted and people have been up in arms about how do you call a game off for only a couple of cases? Is there more to it? You explained it a little bit there. Is there more to it than simply a headline number? Yeah, because the, the idea is that what, what kind of isolation? So at the minute, it's true isolation. Well, if it's true isolation, how can you keep fit? How can you do the demands of a Premier League footballer? You know, the irony of, or the twist in the tale, we all talk about the stats and facts in the Premier League and how high it is now and the high-speed running, the pressing and all of that. And yet at the other side, we go, oh, well, it's okay. They haven't done anything for a week, but then we'll give them two days training and they can play in the Premier League. So how do you, how do you define what's right and wrong about that situation? Very tricky, but they do need some form of um, allowance, if you like. So the Premier League has had two clear training days and then to play in the team. And it's still, that's a big challenge. You know, you, you're still putting that little bit of doubt in a player. If they haven't done anything, they're not allowed into the training ground. They can only do certain things. True isolation, as you know, means that they're in their house or a version of it, in their garden and stuff like that. So there are some, you know, I think all of us as managers and, and uh, staffs and players if they can find a way where they can get players back in, even just into the clubs a bit quicker, 
Therefore, they're training a bit more, and therefore, then when they do come back, they don't get another knock-on injury um, and a bit more of true fitness, or as good as you can get before they go into the next game. But it's not easy, like I say. You know, the rules are there for the, the the main government rules, and then the Premier League rules. Not easy to add all these things, but there is a story behind the story when when you just see that number. You know, there's often a story behind that of why players are not quite ready, and sometimes it is whether. I mean, we've got players who have tested positive, like myself, for extra days on top. And when you get the TC, uh, PCR count, sorry, if it's the wrong level, then you're still contagious. So therefore, they're not allowed in. And then you go, well, there's nothing wrong with them, but they're not allowed in. So these are all the, the delicate side of the COVID situation and how to get through it. And the Premier League are trying to give us the best leeway to get these games on. We all want them on, I can assure you. We don't want to be four games and three and four games behind everyone else. Trust me, but that's the way it is at the moment. Uh, as far as the, the sort of January transfer window side of things is concerned, you've talked about Chris Wood. The money that's come in for him, are you able to reinvest that? As, have you been told that by the owners? Ongoing conversations on the finance of the club. You know, that's an ongoing thing. It always has been at Burnley. I guess, though, it's money that perhaps you weren't expecting. Yeah, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? I mean, you know, the, 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 we didn't want to lose Woody. There's no two ways about that. But on the other hand, a lot of, you know, comments around it. It's a lot of money for that player, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, money money doesn't solve everything. I mean, it gives you a better option in football, usually about uh, recruitment, but you've still got to get the right ones. You've still got to get the right players. And January is still a tough window. So, you know, these are all things that have happened. They're the realities. It's done now. So now we've got to move, for, uh, move forward. James Tarkovsky is the next name being linked and he's been linked for some time, of course, because of his contract situation. Has anything changed with regards to him since last we spoke? No, it's uh, just, you know, a lot of these conversations have been ongoing. Um, you know, between the ownership group here, the agents, the players. You know, it's, no, it's not an easy situation in football when you're dealing with players' contracts. It never was, but it certainly isn't at the moment. And I just wanted to ask you about Ben Mee, who, who's brought up 10 years as a, as a permanent Burnley player this week. He quite rightly getting a lot of plaudits for his service to the club. Um, to have the impact that he's had over this amount of time, how do you sum up this decade that he's had? Obviously, you've been there for a lot of that time with him. Yeah, I mean, he was just before me. I think there's him and I think Kevin Long as well, who's still here. And, you know, they've seen the change in themselves, the club, um, the running of the club, how it is, the level. And he's played his part in that without a doubt, you know, and been an excellent professional. Um, that's quite obvious, captain the club. But matured, you know, matured from a, a left back at the time when I first came in, pretty youngish sort of left back earning his spurs matured into a very, very good Premier League player. There's no two ways about that. And, and as you said, he, he deserves any plaudits that he gets and all of them because nowadays to be at a club for 10 years is, is often not the case uh, and to be such a good servant for that period and virtually, I mean, a few spaces, not many, I don't think, when he wasn't in the side. You know, I think he's more or less played in all the different sides, left-back, centre-half, etc. And through all the ups and downs and the challenges and the good stuff that's happened to him and to us. So, no, fair play to Ben. He's a fantastic professional. And he's used a bit of the spotlight that he's got on social media to kind of showcase some of the people who work at the club and have been there for a long time, ground staff and people in the offices and stuff. Just how important is that, that there's a connection between the players and the people that are actually there day in, day out, doing the work that people don't see? Yeah, I mean, look, there's been, there's been some changes. There's some good people who are not here, but they've still been very good people and good servants to the club. There are some changes, but within that, there's still people who have been here a long time doing their work, working very diligently, very, working very hard for the club. You know, I've spoken about it many times. It's 
as a manager, you take the good and the bad stuff, but there's a lot of work for loads of other people around this place. And I, and I think fair play to Ben if he's recognising that, you know, and, and just showing a bit of respect to the fact that it is, of course, football clubs revolve around the team and the pitch and how that works. But there's a lot of work goes on from a lot of people in a football club behind the scenes. So fair play to him for respecting that. And, and just lastly, is it that kind of team behind the team that gives you a constant reminder of how important it is to be in the Premier League and what it means to them? Yeah, I think, look, no one underestimates the power of the Premier League. We certainly don't. Uh, but the knock-on effect of the jobs created, the new jobs here, the amount of people in, employed by Burnley Football Club, you know, all the stories kind of behind the story of just being in the Premier League. I mean, there's, there's many stories here. The community department's a massive story here. You know, went from one person when I got here to 100 people working in the community. I mean, they're, they're huge steps forward in the, in the club, not just on the pitch, but around the, the club and all the people that have helped to galvanise these things, help put them in place. So a lot of work done by many. Cheers, Sean. Nice to see you, mate. Cheers, Benedict. Thanks, man. I'll just have a quick drink before the next one goes on. Two seconds. There you go. Hi, Sean. Hiya. Um, how hard is this period of your career? Is it the hardest you, situation you've had to deal with as a manager? Uh, I think varying situations come around that are tricky, but obviously with, with so much going on, including the last couple of weeks, my own situation, um, not being particularly unwell, but just not being able to get in and do what you do. Um, and then... The complexities of what's going on in the in the in the country and then the, the game uh, with COVID and then you know you, you ideally don't want to lose players of course and, and very important players injuries all the rest of it and you add it all in yeah I would say it's a tough period um, it's it puts you at stretch but that's often when you learn your most and you and you you're, you're you're at your sharpest if you like um, so certainly it's fair to say that myself the staff and the players. You know, we're still sharp, we're still on it, we're still looking at all the variances, all the different ways that we can try and make a difference to make sure that we, we turn things in our favour. I just wanted to ask you about uh, Chris Wood. Uh, he said that he got into his comfort zone when he was at uh, Burnley. Did you see that or is that, do you think, why he was quieter this season? Well, he, he's been performing for a long time and he'd been a consistent performer with his goal return and how he performed. And, you know, sometimes players do hit a quiet spell. Um if he referenced his, his comfort zone, I, I think it's fair to say, and I think he would know this, um, it certainly wasn't us um, allowing him to sit in his comfort zone. I think that's fair to say. Um, but if, no, if he felt that, I understand slightly. You know, you get maybe a freshness, maybe a difference. He feels that he needed that. Um, but no, I, I don't think his, his idea of a comfort zone would be looking outside of himself. He, I found him an honest fella who you know, knows when he's not doing as well as he can do, knows the situation. Um, and I think he was honest here with us and he knew that he was a bit quieter than what we expected from him and from himself, by the way. That's an important factor. Um, you know, he questioned himself a lot as well. Um, maybe, maybe. But if that's his view, then I'll have to go along with it and respect it. And losing him so close to the last game and the postponement, did losing him specifically mean you weren't able to fulfil that fixture? No, not specifically, but it obviously didn't help. And... I think, to be fair, before people question that, you've got to remember it's a clause in a contract. You know, it's not like we, were, we weren't pushing that to happen. It was a clause in a contract. So I think that's been slightly misrepresented and whether it's because the game's off or equally about the business side of the club, it was a clause that was there and they opened the clause. That's all it was. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's that. And uh, just to ask you about a manager who's lost his job in this period, uh, Rafa Benitez, do you understand how difficult it is, obviously, being a Premier League manager trying to pick up results? 
uh, in this time. Yeah, look, I mean, no, no matter what your experience is in the Premier League, and he's certainly a very experienced top manager, they're the demands. You know, the demands are really high in the Premier League. Um, trying to put, you know, these, these, these words in place when you use words like philosophy or people like to use that, it's very difficult. Trying to change cultures or add to a culture, trying to put demands on players, trying to mould it all, trying to get it going very, very quickly. Difficult task, even for people who Rafa respect him, been around the game a long time, been very successful. Very difficult, you know, and, it, and sometimes it hits the ground running, of course, we've seen that. Sometimes it takes time and during that time, you've got to win games. It's similar. That's the, that's the thing that we all know about being a football manager. You know, people are talking about philosophies and now I'm going to play this way and that way. That's all fine. I don't mean Rafa, by the way. I just mean generally a view of football. Um, a lot of managers go in, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Well, that's fine, but you better win games because if you don't win games, we all know what happens. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. James, talk sports. Hi, Sean. When Hi. it comes to the, the timing of this postponement request... Could it have come earlier? Is there a reason why it came this afternoon? It can't really come earlier because you, when, how early do you want it? Because you've got to test. So if you test, you don't know. So until the test is done, you don't know whether you don't know what your situation is. So we, we came in this morning, we test again. We test again tomorrow morning, of course. Um, so until you test, until you know what's happening, you, you can't really do anything. You know? So that's why a lot of these games are getting postponed late. Uh, injuries, as I said, Charlie Taylor's coming back out of covid and he's took a knock, which he's getting a scan on today. So there's another player down. And these are things that, you know, you, you, can't, you can't just, like, uh, get in front of the curve, if you like. Or it's very difficult to get in front of the curve um, with, with the daily testing. And who's going to test positive and who's not? Especially with this, what seems like a wave across football, um, you know, currently of, of, of positive tests. So, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, uh, it's a pretty delicate situation. There has been a call by some Premier League managers to make the rules more transparent when it comes to games being postponed. But are you fairly clear on, on what the rules are? Well, all we've done is, we, yeah, I, I'm pretty clear. I mean, the threshold and, and the, the way they've tried to describe the threshold and the reasons for it. I mean, we've, we've put ourselves at stretching other games. You know, we've gone to games when really we're looking, going, we were right on the borderline going, look, we, you know, we, we should be putting an application in. We decided not to. Uh, but we've got a point to a point rather against the, the game of the day and today, uh, tomorrow when we, you know, we put an application in because we're so low with what it is. We're, we're, we're going to, you know, stretch beyond reason, if you like. Um, but we've, we've gone into other games. I mean, you only have to look at our team and the squad that we've put in there and we've tried to fulfil the task. And I think everyone roughly will have done. But I understand, you know, there's all question marks. Everyone's, you know what it's like vying and you know, who, who's got injuries, who hasn't got injuries and all that. I understand the question last, but I don't think it's an easy situation. You know, I, I certainly want games to be played and I, I think most do. And how do you feel about the predicament you're in at the moment? Because Burnley are bottom of the table, but you do have a, a number of games in hand now on teams around you. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, 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 it's something that's been put upon us. We, we're not asking for it. We're not asking to miss games. We're not asking to be, you know, so many games behind everyone else. It's one of them things. So, Whatever I think of it is irrelevant. They're facts. So therefore, the next steps are important. How we move on from, from well, first of all, finding out whether tomorrow is going to go ahead, which our application, you know, is, is quite clear on that. But we'll have to wait and see and then just keep progressing, keep trying to get people back fit. Hopefully not having too many more COVID cases, of course, um, and getting our squad back to a, a moment when we can take these games on. And finally, from me, Sean, you mentioned it's not a perfect scenario losing Chris Wood. Do you simply have to replace him, though, now to, to give yourself a, a real chance of staying up this season? 
No, we simply have to look at the group that we've got, like we have done many times before. Um, look for the good players we've got to keep rising and, and keep galvanising and keep taking on as a collective challenge. Uh, uh, the situation we've had here has never been about one player. Never. Never had a team here where it's about one player. It's always been about the whole team. So one player doesn't make the whole team. We've got very good players here. If we can support that through the market, then we'll be looking to do so. Thanks, Sean. All the best. Thank you. Thanks, James. EMPA. Uh, hi, Sean. Hi, um, you, you mentioned, obviously, that the situation with Chris Wood was brought about by a release clause, so it wasn't something you had a choice in. How much sort of... It, it, it seemed from the outside like it happened very quickly. It, how much notice did you get? How quickly did it did it come about from your end? Yeah, it does, it does happen quickly, because normally when there's a release clause, they, they know what the clause is, which they obviously did, and therefore they activated on it. So once it's activated, then it's just a, a straightforward contractual situation, other than medicals and all stuff like that. Yeah, it, it, it seemed like, you know, the, the noises we were hearing, that it was obviously very frustrating for the club to lose him in, in the manner that you did. Did it make it worse that he's gone to a direct relegation rival? Well, it's, it's actually irrelevant whether it does or not. The fact is that someone knew that there was a clause there and they opened the clause. So it could have been anyone, you know, anyone who was willing to, to, to do the clause as it suggested. Um, so that's just the way it goes. You know, it's, it's, you don't lose good players at any time. Um, but if there's a contractual situation that's opened up and the player chooses that they want to use, you know, go, then that's the way it goes. You know, that's just a, a fact of, of contracts and the, and the delicacy of them sometimes. OK, thank you. Cheers. James, next slide. Hi, Sean. Good to see you again. Hi, yeah. Just, just following on from from what Ian said there, were you um, were you disappointed at all that Chris decided to go? Obviously, it's one thing meeting the clause, but he could have decided to, to stay at Burnley and perhaps repay a bit of the faith you've shown and, and help you guys pull pull out of the trouble. Uh, no, there's no angle on Chris at all. You know, he's a professional footballer. He's done very well for the football club. Um, an opportunity arose, he thought it through, he decided it was right for him. That's, that's, that's football. That's being an individual footballer. Um, there's absolutely no question marks in my mind about Chris at all. For what he's done here, the goals he's scored, the way he's performed, the way he's conducted himself, the way he's attempted to be successful here, quieter this season than previous, but generally done a very, very good job here. Um, and these are the things that happen in football. You know, a contract situation opens up, you make a decision. You, in his case, he's decided to go to that football club. How's the sort of squad reacted? Because he's been there a long time. He's obviously a key player for you. And how have the players sort of reacted to the news that you've, you've lost him to, to Newcastle? Well, it's hard for me to judge because I haven't been here. Um, I've only just got back in. But um, I, I would suggest they don't want to see um, any good players leaving. But equally, they're rounded enough to have seen that before um, and taken the chance that comes their way because it does open up the door for others. You referenced the sort of comfort zone comments that he, that he made after he signed for Newcastle, or they were referenced to you rather. Are you sort of confident that isn't a situation that you're going to find other players in, given a lot of players have been there a long time and are regular first team players? You don't see anyone else sort of going going through that that issue. Uh, well, it wasn't an issue I knew about until after, because um, he'd not mentioned it to me. So you know, after the event, um, that was his personal view. Um, you know, and I respect that. Um, I, I don't think, or well, from what I haven't seen the comments, but from what I was, I was uh, asked about, I think they're his personal comments. Um, so mm. therefore, he's obviously reflecting on himself rather than the, the, the situation at the club. Um, if other players are feeling like that, they're, they're more than happy for them to come and knock my door and explain to me. 
uh, and on recruitment, we know how tough it is in, in January and we know how tough it is for, for you at Burnley. Do you feel you're in a, a better position than perhaps you are in, in previous Januaries because of that shift in approach from the board and ALK and perhaps a, a more uh, open-mindedness to, to shop abroad, for example? It only counts if you if you recruit players. It's you know it's not about good situations, bad situations. There's a reality to our situation as a club. There'll be a reality to the finance. Can we go and work within that that structure, the financial structure, and align the right players? That's what counts. Is you know we can hypothesise about many different things, but that's the key to it: is having the, the structure in place to affect things when we can, and affect it at a financial level that the the ownership group feel is appropriate. Given that, are loans perhaps something you're looking at a little bit more uh, more closely than maybe you have in the past? Or I know you've, you've shared. We'll just be the- looking at we'll just be looking at the, the deals that fit the football team and the club. And just one more on, on the game itself. Obviously, it sounds like you, you would expect it to be called off, giving you in a worse position than you were on Saturday when it when it was called off against Leicester. Are you able to to provide any details as to? who's injured, who might be back for the weekend and Arsenal if, if that game went ahead. Yeah, there, there's so many. I mean, you know, Johan's... <laughs> oh, yeah, who's not know, injured. I'll, no, I'll be honest, I'll be honest. Off the top of my head, I can't remember every situation, but Johan's like a double whammy. He's got a slight calf and he's, he's COVID. And some are like, you know, haven't had enough training. Charlie took a knock on his foot, so he's getting that scan today when he was back in training on, on Saturday, trying to get fit. Um you know, so there's so many different situations that we're monitoring at the moment. Um, later in the week, I'd hope to have a better view, regardless of, you know, the game or not game, as the case may be. But later this week, I'd hope to have a better view on what situation we've got with some players coming back from injury, some players coming back from COVID, hopefully clearing the situation in our favour.